friends. We come back to a rowdy and joyous uh, auditorium full of individuals. And in a certain area, this private conversation is being held as a gazebo. An older, no, no, not excuse. <laughs> You're in the auditorium. <laughs> um, the older, uh, similar markings to Hideaki, uh, Kitsune, wearing the same colors of the village, which you originate, as well as a sort of like a medallion crest, sort of like pinned uh, to it, representing the elder uh, of that village is talking to you as you uh, unmanifest uh, Pernosa, whatever that word is, and he's able to look you a little bit more see, more directly in the eye. Quick question. So my nose were up. Yes. As you're pulling up your notes, is mom here as well, or is it just us two? Um, she She's kind of like, she's there, but has taken a step back to allow for like she, she's moral support in the corner. Got it. Kind of a deal. Okay. Because the only thing I wanted to add to mom's description is her her markings are a little different. Um, her like melanin, as we've been I've been kind of calling it behind the scenes, is fre- is actually like like freckles. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I immediately love her. I love freckles. Okay. She's wearing like a bandana, like he's going to garden. Oh, so cute, so cute. I love All right. Her. Okay. So. As he spoke to you, he said, you should know more of the story of our founding. Once we had an accord with a dragon. It protected the village. But over time, he became possessive. He would not let us leave or share our gifts with the outside world. Our ancestors made a difficult decision to bind him so that he could not harm us. But we continued our way of life around him as a way of honoring him and his continued protection. The choosing ceremony is symbolic but it was never, never meant to actually, you know, it kind of like waves at you, like to what had happened with you. Where Overnoza or a spirit of a dragon chose you and intertwined souls with you. We don't know what it means that the dragon is with you now. For the village, everyone is worried about the protection you should know and guard yourself as best you can all right it seems it's just the season of uh keeping secrets from me uh so two things majorly uh, one, I knew most of that thanks to, well, I've been, you know, sending letters back and forth to Kazushi to check in. 
Um, I don't know if you knew or not. I know Mom knew. So. Yes, she told me. Okay. I figured. Thumbs up from the back. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, okay. So, as part of our connection and this sharing of souls, um, as you can probably imagine, we talk a good bit. You had a bit of a visceral reaction when I mentioned the Astral Sea. What do you know about that? I only have the records of the previous leaders. There is mention of it. But it has to do with the binding. I am not at liberty to discuss anymore. So what happens when I let Overnoza out of the Ashwell Sea? Why would you do that? Because it sounds awesome. Do you and think I, for one second past the moment of the immediate? You do not get to yell at me anymore. He kind of like raises his hand and actually kind of just turns around to stomp off out of the auditorium. Uh, your mother hesitates for a moment and she looks at you and she kind of just goes, he's just, he's trying to take care of the village. He's, he has a lot of responsibility. I'll talk to him. As he walks out, uh, I not like I don't like rip my arm away from my mom, but in my left arm, I cast electric arc and I snap it on the ground. You do not get to end conversations with me anymore, either. Uh, There's a kind of a quiet in the auditorium and all of you like. Turn to see this. um, But. He walks out. He walks out away from me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I charge. Um, you charge after him. And your mother looks flustered and says, "Just, just calm down." And we cut from here. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to give me a fight syrup? I brought one. <laughs> You gave me a punching bag. What am I supposed to do? <laughs> you brought it to my house. <laughs> also, did we just learn that Overnoser's horde was your village? <laughs> I feel like we've been using it a little bit, but we'll see. Perfect. <laughs> 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 he can't <laughs> escape this. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> But I do. Let's go. Our <laughs> shuffles up to you, <laughs> greets you, Erfe. Erfar. I'm glad to see you doing well. I hope. I, I think so. Things have been going relatively well. 
sort of shuffles a little, like, good, 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 good. Uh, um, any, anything of note, uh, progression? How are you, how are you doing with, you know, kind of gestures that, like, your hands, like, like, you're like, your powers. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's slow and not perfect, but it's... It seems to be starting to come back to me slowly. Good, 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 good. Uh, and 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 your memories? And um, fortunately, nothing there. Of course, and, and that's okay, dear. It's okay. And he kind of like pats you on the forearm. I'm sure it'll it'll come in time. It'll come in time. Now, you if it's if you're progressing, do you feel do you feel uh? confident enough to return to the village? Oh, unfortunately not yet. There's still very, very little that I can do, and I feel like there's a lot of potential for me to get much better here. Yes, yes. Um, and you see him like, kind of like shuffling again. Um, well, uh, we can we can discuss uh but how is Fallon? Oh, um doing okay given you know what occurred is 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 rather tragic. He's mm-hmm. his leg I hope will heal though it's it's still, you know, aches on on the off occasion. The village does their best to help out. But, you know, our resources are limited. We we look forward to your return. As especially them. Yes, and hopefully soon, but uh, it's it seems to be taking some time. There is progress, though, so... Yes, and I will, I will try to let them... But you... You know, the village is, is, is trying to make ends meet um, in your absence. Um, just remember, you know, we are trying our best and don't take too long. <laughs> and he, like, pats you on the hand. Um, I, I, I think I, I need to sit down if you do it. And kind of tries to, like... And she, she'll, like, help him over. And as she's helping Infar sit down, she's actually, like, going to glance back at her shadow. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Not to draw attention to it, but uh... yep, it's <laughs> it's there. Perhaps not exactly where it should be, based on the lighting. It's it's there. <laughs> My shadow um, bitch laps in for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and kind of like at this point, you're leading him back to um, go find a seat, and and uh, you're guiding him, and um. As he kind of like, you know, heaves a weary sigh as he sits um, in his old bones, um, is when they suddenly like lightning across the room from Hideaki, who, um, by the way, y'all, Teacher Ott is there, uh, Zuma is there, uh, hey, <laughs> every teacher possible is here. <laughs> Just want y'all to know, in case great, great, that great, makes great, great. a difference. <laughs> um, okay. Which draws your attention. However, Taliatia, you are being surrounded by love. 
Um, and one, after the turmoil of the past couple weeks, is so welcoming. Mm-hmm. And your brother, who peels away from the hugs and is just like, do you know how many of the troop we had to talk down from claiming to be your family? They would have filled the entire auditorium. I, I'm surprised that entire caravan isn't outside somewhere, honestly. Oh, we're, we're actually outside of Natambu. <laughs> we couldn't really travel outside of the Wait, troop, so we... Here? Yeah, yeah. On the outskirts, we traveled in because, you know, it's space in the caravan, but uh, we've been making our journey for a little bit now <laughs> to make it here. We wouldn't miss this. And, like, your mother kind of, like, comes in with that, like, we wouldn't miss this. And and uh, just kind of, she's, she's at this point where, like, she's missed you and can't stop, like, touching you. Like, gently. Oh, yes. like, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, she's hitting your hand and your arm and, like, yeah, yeah. She's yeah, just constantly yeah, 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 yeah. touching you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your father's just like kind of proudly like like smiling. Um, and then your eyes turn to your grandmother, who has been, you know, smiling and patient and kind uh, in her just cal- you know what calming her presence, just calming. And she looks at you, and finally like. Your parents step away to give her some space as well, even though they're they're all very close to you. And mm-hmm. Grandmother Olu kind of holds each of your arms, like your forearms, and looks you over. And she's a little shorter than you at this point. It's kind of like, um, you know, in, in her age. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, tell. Come here. And just pulls you into another hug. I didn't even know you all were coming. Yeah, it's, uh, we spoke, Teacher Art sent us a letter. Well, I'll have to thank him then. She pulls away, this time kind of holding you on, like, your shoulders, and you're kind of in that awkward of, like, you have to kind of crouch down a little bit to to let her do so. Mm -hmm. Like, upper arms, rather. She looks at you for a moment. How are you doing? She just gives this knowing, like, sigh. I'm sorry. Tal immediately bursts into tears. <laughs> immediately. She kind of pulls you back in, and though you're, like, your family is there kind of, like, supporting as well, and, like, like oh, you know, like, giving, like, the, the little oohs and ahs and, like, oh, patting you and things like that, Grandmother Olu whispers kind of softly in your ear. It's not fair that you're saddled with this burden. I know. I know. Um... I don't think I don't think Tal would 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 do anything. I think that there's like she's in her head finally with people that that like 
they trust implicitly and uh, is just so incredibly overwhelmed by the wave of like, just like, even like, like they know that their friends like do want yeah. to support them, but they like, this is different. <laughs> this Absolutely. is different. Um, so I think they're just letting themselves like release <laughs> before, yeah, before continuing and on anything. What happens is basically, you know, you, she, you, she gives you that space to let those feelings out. She gives you that mm -hmm. space, um, as your parents and, you know, you know, you do pull away from her for a little bit, still crying and you just, you're sort of brought almost like a little like huddled group mm -hmm. towards an end of like a bench and you get kind of like directed inwards and you all just kind of sit around for a little bit and mm -hmm. even though you're not a hundred percent conversation carries on around you comfortingly almost trying to kind of like let you have your space as mm -hmm. Your mother starts talking about what's been going on at the troop, what you've missed, who's new, who's left, some of the new acts, your brother adding commentary, your father mostly letting your mother do the talking, but, you know, does add two cents here and there as well. And they're not looking for you to have to respond or anything. They're just talking to you, letting you know. And it's enough to sort of, like, calm the flow of tears a little mm -hmm. bit. Yeah. Eventually, you've calmed a little. Grandmother pats you on the hand. She's sitting the closest to you right now, kind of next to you. Um, your brother's kind of like standing up, leaning against like the, the bench in front of y'all, like kind of just sitting facing y'all, but like on top yeah, of the yeah, back yeah, of the yeah. bench. Um, and she kind of looks around and she's like, if you don't mind, um, I'm a little, I'm a little parched. Could you, um, get me some water and your brother's like yeah of course um and she kind of directed that to your brother and then she turns to your parents and says a moment if you don't mind and they go down the ways a bit to give you and your grandmother some privacy she goes to begin to talk to you when you're interrupted by a loud crackling Oh, God lightning. damn it, Hideaki. God, <laughs> fuck you. You know what? I deserve that. <laughs> Amazing. I was going to ask questions. You really just, now I can't. I'm going to chase you. And I know I am. Because God damn it. So. <laughs> um. Ark. Y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is Ark high? <laughs> yeah. So, maybe. He, he so, needs to be to deal with this guy. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Your waffles are shy. <laughs> so, you tell her about how studies have been going, you give her the, you download, so to speak, the info. But she peppers you with questions. Particularly, for example, if you mention anything about not uh, 
Well, let me, without getting into the nitty gritty, I would like to know in general, like, does Ark say only the triumph? Does he talk about, like, changing branches? Does he talk about any struggles? Just a sort of overview type of thing. Uh, he talks about everything from, like, point A to point B, but it's all, like, the way he talks about it. And it's not in, like, a lying way. It's, like, from his own point of view. But it's, if there was a zero line and the triumphs were positive, everything would be positive. Even changing classes and... Uh, he doesn't talk about going down. That's the only okay. thing he leaves out. Okay. When he talks about the triumphs, about the switching classes or anything like that, she asks you questions that she's not ever asked you before. Normally, your conversations were analytical, were, were straightforward, matter of fact. Oddly, she asks you, and when... Your classmate thought uh, differently than you? Did you feel any jealousy? No. When you were given these tasks, <laughs> <laughs> did they ever anger you? No. And along those lines, have you felt sad? No. How are your relationships with your classmates? Adequate. They are good. Are there any that are closer than the others? Do any stand out to you? You see him, like, think for a hard second. Stand out in what way? Anyway, you tell me. Arfe is getting stronger quicker than everybody. Hideaki is loud, but started at a higher place than everyone. And Palyatya is still finding their place. But I think it's going to happen. She hones in on this. What makes you think that? Intuition? I'm not sure. It just feels like it will happen. For the first time, there is a slight smile that crosses Iska's face. Interesting. Come. I'd like to take some samples. And she motions for you to turn around in your seat the way you used to do in your cave. As she pulls out a small little, like, roll of tools. Yep. And you do so? Yeah. He's here to follow orders. She does this as you, she pulls it out, unrolls it, sort of, uh, actually kind of hands it to you, so she goes, hold these, and pulls the tool out, and at the nape of your neck, she opens that panel. Now, 
everybody who has been distracted by this lightning, including yourself, Hideaki, as you go chasing out. Make me a perception check. We do it in Oh my god! <laughs> and Now's a good time and, uh, to say, chat, you can give us <laughs> hero points. Just uh, say. You can use your points in the channel. Just, I was going to ask if we did it with disadvantage because um, we is this distracted. Is this a... Uh, it's all coming out in the wash. Uh, I'm taking it into consideration. Fair enough. Okay, never uh, mind. I got an 18. Okay. If this is a sound-related thing, yeah, it's a 19. If it's a sound-related thing, then uh, it's slightly different, potentially. But. So 28, by the way. 28. 28, okay. holy shit. I just, uh, I got some more perception here's, when I leveled up. Sure, vigilance, baby. Thing. As you go to shoot off that lightning, Hideaki, as you yell across, and yes, some conversation... It's loud, and the people around you definitely pay attention to it, but it's not enough to fully cease the conversation, though the teachers do look at you as well. Um, but as you turn to go after, you sort of turn, and the just, you know, by happenstance, and like the way you went to go privately have a little conversation with your father, and where Ark is been tucked away to a private corner, you could have turned to go past him and you see right in front of you arc two with a panel on the back of their neck open. Now there's, there's more, but Erefe tell as you are shocked by the sound and you look up to go try to find it. You do also see arc a little bit like to the other side, same thing, a panel at the base of their neck open. Now, something curious that I just want to point out is that up until now, the fact that Ark has been an android has just kind of gone under. This is the first, like under the radar, this is the first time you've ever seen anything like this. Ark, sorry, androids are not a thing here. Like that's not common. Or even uncommon. That's fucking rare. Um, I mean, would we have even like understood that like he has compartments? I, <laughs> he has the skin patternings, the tattoos that glue right. that glue 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 that 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 um, but this is a compartment in their neck open. Now, Hideaki, with your natural 20. You, just from your angle and where you've noticed, you see, you see Iska taking like a, a sort of a vial. Um, and, you know, through some, you know, there's, there's, there's the equivalent of sort of like musculature and, and, and uh, some like tubes and liquids and things like that. Uh, but they're almost from your angle at the base of their neck, almost like a little lower down is something like reddish brown colored arc is blue and, and has blue lines, but there there's, there's something like a sphere or something of like reddish brown, 
um, which the woman behind Ark is looking at, and then takes a vial of um, like something else in him. Not that doesn't really touch that. Just kind of looks at it, is looking it over, and is taking a vial of some of the more like um, you you all have seen him bleed before, though, right? Mm-hmm. It's I think so, yeah not, oh, yeah uh, yeah yeah. It's not been blood. No. Yeah. It's been a little bit more liquidy than that, uh, though, like, uh, yeah. Um, But you see that. You're smacked, like, in the face with that Hideaki as you go to, like, run after. Do you still go after? Everybody's got fucking secrets today. (laughs) (laughs) Keeps going. Okay. Uh, And he um, just says that out loud. Perfect. Um, Iska... does not I wa- I, yes. I want to know that as soon as like Hideaki did his and started like bolting after I I would have apologized to my grandmother and gone after him. <laughs> okay. Because Great. I don't want him to kill his dad. <laughs> Got it. Arafe, what do you do this convenient excuse to not be near Anfar? <laughs> I know. <laughs> ah, You're <dang>. welcome. <laughs> um, I think she would try and take that opportunity and look at him and go, "Um, this may be something I need to help deal with. I'll be right back." <laughs> and then she's just gonna like go. Sl- I mean, not like run out, but she's definitely going to power walk. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's gonna not make it look like she's trying to run away, but I think it's one of those like, hey, you see, there's a thing that happened. There's a sense of urgency. God, so sorry. Oh. <laughs> yeah, perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, while so, looking at Ark's thing, going the fuck, and then keep going. <laughs> great, 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 great. Ark, how do you react to um, though? Obviously, knowing that you have you're being stuck still right now, um, but you Hideaki does kind of like go right past you. Um, do you respond or react in any way? No. Perfect. Um, so, as this attending and maintenance is occurring to Arc 2, um, you all run after Hideaki, uh, whom you see someone wearing similar colors to Hideaki kind of following after him as well, um, with a little bandana on her head. Um, and you see, as you walk out the doors following those, a concerned teacher ought coming following after you all as well. So we're going to handle this in order. Hideaki, you start. <clears throat> it, if he doesn't stop, I'm going to summon over Noza in front of him. When you come back, like when you come out basically and he looks back and sees you, he goes, Hideaki, I need a moment. Give me space. No. You don't get to lie to me anymore. You don't get to keep shit from me anymore. You're handling this right now, or you could fucking leave now. Your mother kind of coming in, going, all right, now calm down, calm down. What are you talking about, Hideaki? What lying? (sighs) Actually, not even lying. It's more like half-truths. It's more like telling a piece of the story and stopping. I've had it up to here with that. You know 
Your father is doing his best. What happens when his best isn't good enough anymore? Sweetheart, you don't get to decide that. Yeah, I do, actually. It's my At fucking opinion. Point, Sorry, language. <laughs> oh, great. Um, everyone, this is my father, Hisashi. This is my mom, Kiyomi, uh, of the Inculta Chiris. That's the village that I'm from. I'm sorry to take you away from your families. Don't worry about it. Everything all right? No. Okay. Everything is not all right. Um. You hear your father go, this is private. Hideaki. <laughs> I think that's really interesting that you bring up the thought of privacy. We've had to deal, me and my friends here, to deal with a lot of secrets amongst each other, amongst the school that we just so happen to be attending as we get ready for the ceremony that's about to happen. And I am just out of patience. I've been, I've been empathetic and I've tried to be kind. And when you said that this is all I'm allowed to say and you're the village fucking elder, I lost, that was it. That was my, that was where my patience ended. So, I wanna be clear though. I do want you here, but you have a choice to make father. Because these are my friends and I trust them implicitly, and they're going to know what you told me, whether you tell them in front of all of them, or if I tell them. So, you have an option again. We can talk about this right now. I'll give you a breath to collect your thoughts, because that is fair. Mother is right. If you choose not to, that is also a choice. But then you will also have to deal with the consequences of that choice. The consequence of that choice is that you will never see me again. So what's it going to be? Your father is clearly heated and angry and trying to sort of keep some composure you see this Tal and Arafe kind of like, he's kind of looking to the side like. <sighs> Hideaki. I don't know at what point along the way I lost your trust. And for that, I'm sorry. However, you are not entitled to every piece of knowledge in the world. And sometimes there's finesse approaches that can do you wonders. I came here a long journey to warn you and speak to you and share the truth. And before ever asking why I can't share more, you decide that it's for some ulterior motive that I'm enjoying keeping this from you. That's not fair. 
I am doing my best, and I have a whole village to keep in mind and to protect in your absence. And while you have a village, I have the rest of the world to think about. Come. Kind of gestures to your mother. You're right, though. I didn't consider why you can't say the things that you do. Oh, you always... His, his, your mother, like, it, like he was about to retort, and he, she kind of, like... Right. Sweetheart. Give him time to, call to, to cool down, and I will, I will write to you, okay? We can discuss this, and, and we won't... We'll just... Go back to the city for now. If we don't want to, if we don't discuss it today, I don't ever want to discuss it. She kind of looks over at your father. I do want to give an opportunity for Tal and Arafay to sure. just yeah. if you want. I think the only thing that Arafay would have done is when Hideaki was, you know, yelling that a lot of secrets have been revealed today. Arafay would have given just one of those quick, comforting, like, shoulder bumps to Tao without maintaining contact, because she's not sure if Tao is good with that right now, but just kind of the, you're good. <laughs> but uh, Arafay recognizes that this is not a place for her to step in, so she's just going to <laughs> shut up and let it happen. <laughs> Yeah, Tal is going to leave before that conversation is done. <laughs> so, like, there's a you, there's that little like you know you give Tal that little bump, mm -hmm. and I don't uh, it maybe. I mean, I, it's up it's uh, it's up to you, but like Tal is like absolutely trying to like leave ex mm -hmm. extract themselves back inside because this is not only like they know why Hideaki is mad a little bit a, re mm -hmm. a reason right. is because of her and, and just to the, clarify because I heard it there that conversation the picnic was not today right yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Okay. and he didn't say yeah. today he was just he's saying like yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. that's just, the season yeah. actually yeah. <laughs> yeah. this is the season this is the season um, and the the kind of like it wasn't quite a one for one but it was kind of pulling a lot of like the arguments that they would overhear with like their uncle who was not a pleasant person to be around um at least for for town and was starting to just kind of feel a little bit like I, I don't want to become a problem in this situation um, or be used in this situation to further a problem. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think ta without even like talking to Arafay is just going to like maybe it was like before it was probably towards the last the last little bit of Hideaki's yeah. talk to his dad. I think Tal would have just like turns around turned and, and turned back. and started going back inside. As you head back, you pass Teacher Ott, who kind of pauses and kind of like reaches out to you. Is is everything okay? Um 
I think so. Um, uh, Hideaki might need some advice from someone like you, though. Of course, it's every teacher. Go, go be with your family. That's all right. I, I'll, I'll go see what's going on. Kind of like pats you uh, on the shoulder and like passes you and and joins uh, everybody as as kind of joins in as uh, your father Hideaki turns to like come to like you know start turning around and leaving. Um, as he comes in, as teacher out comes in, is everybody okay? Is there any, is there um, any assistance I can provide? Are my parents still within earshot? Yeah, they're kind of like paused, like, because you said something, so they kind of paused walking away. Yeah. There, It's this sort yeah. of like interim. Awkward, moment. yeah. Um, You should at least stay for the ceremony. You've come a long way. Tisha, it's just like, you know, takes a kind of stands next to you, Arafe, and kind of doing that same, like, I'm here, but I'm going to let this, you know, not going to interfere. Um, moral support, and, but we're staying behind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he does, he kind of steps by next to you. He kind of gives you a, a, a smile, Arafe, like, uh, it's good to see you here. Like, he's yeah. appreciative. And she just looks at him and goes, it's been a long week. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Um, at that, your mother gives you a very warm smile, Hideaki, because she sees the olive branch for what it is. And... He sighs loudly. <laughs> she gives you kind of a um, squeeze kind of on your forearm and turns to put a hand on her husband's shoulder. And... As she spins around, she, he squeezes her hand. She gives you another kind of just... just understanding and knowing smile and she doesn't it's not that they're walking away but you know your father's turned away from you and she has she's next to him a hand on his shoulder as she's talking quietly to him uh and as they do and like teacher odds like right there I do want them here though your father conversing kind of in whispers to your mother you see him kind of shoulder slump just a little bit and nod as uh, they turn back to face the auditorium and they sort of just he's silent he's not going to almost like risk continuing a conversation and sure. it going out a good way and yeah. just gestures like to the doors um, as in like go sure. ahead and they'll follow I look to teach your aunt really could have given somebody a bit of a heads up. <sighs> like he like just like buries his like face into his hands yeah. for a second. <laughs> I will talk to the teachers about that tradition because I, I understand. Is it typically like a surprise no matter how traumatic and ridiculous it is? Well, you know, usually we are aware of what students have difficulties we were not aware uh, or, or unique circumstances. Um, I didn't tell you. And that's that's okay. That's okay. It's it's come. 
it, this is a momentous occasion, and we will go and begin the ceremony sh shortly. So come on. And he kind of like guides, you know, it, almost like everything's okay. This is going to be great. <laughs> uh, and and guides you inwards back He's into the He's pulling a go team Duval thing. Got it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I'm, and as they're heading in, Arafay will just see Hideaki's parents go, it's nice to meet you. And then <laughs> I love you so much. <laughs> Oh and, and Hideaki's <laughs> mom is like gives you this beaming smile, but like it's you can tell there's like it, awkwardness is heavy. Embarrassment. Yeah, it's nice to meet you, but let's not talk. <laughs> yeah, let's. let's. <laughs> and um, after a little bit, after you enter and Hideaki, you enter and and like go back. Um, there is a moment. There is a little bit of time before the doors open again and your parents come back in. Um, but meanwhile, uh, Tal, you have gone back to your family. I actually went to go check up on Ark. Cool. <laughs> oh, <whew>. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, it doesn't take long. As you're approaching, Iska is, you know, collect. You see her finish collecting something um, mm -hmm. and closing, like, the, the panel back up. Um handing some tools back to Ark and saying, uh, clean those and uh, we're done. Sure. Um, Ark, is everything okay? Ark looks up, sees Tal. Yes, everything is fine. Ah, and you must be Taliatia. Do you have business with Arc 2? Well, I just wanted to make sure. Um... Just kind of points to like the back of back of their neck. I I never seen that happen before. I should hope not. He's something I made. What? She just looks at you like, what? Well, she doesn't say what, but that's like the, the look of, huh? Uh, are you their parent? No. That implies relationships that are complex. Then who are you? I made him, as I said. My name is Iska. Just, just to be clear, Ark's never, Ark's never mentioned this person to us in game, right? I think at like most above, there was a mention table. of um, a mentor. I think is the word he used. Yeah, a mentor okay. person. Okay. Yeah, that sounds okay. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he said like a, a mentor, the person that taught them how to fight. Uh, and then okay. he said he was five years old. Like that. That's probably like the closest you've got to right. it. Okay. 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 Great. All of that is super confusing information when you put it all together and you yeah. don't know what <laughs> machines and androids are. <laughs> uh -huh. Great. 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 Uh, yeah. Tal was like. 
I think like you can you can visually see them trying to put like all of the compiled information they have about Ark together in relation to this person, and they just look so incredibly confused. Iska um, kind of like just taking a, the opportunity as you're processing. Um, just kind of looks at you and goes, "Do you consider yourself Ark Two's friend?" Oh no. Oh no, oh no, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's our tagline. <laughs> I also forgot again that I was unmuted. <laughs> I love it. Um There's there's a there's a little bit of a pause. Um, but uh Tal will look over to Ark. And like have like a, a very small smile, but we'll say I do. And Ark, you mentioned the individuals on campus. Do you consider this one your friend? Ark. Like lets it sit for a couple of seconds. No, I don't believe so. I see. Ark a moment, please. And in a, in the way of, can you step away from this conversation? She wants to talk to Tal privately. Sure. He gets up and walks exactly Just out of where through. earshot would be. Like the step where he wouldn't hear. As Arctu's friend, it would be very beneficial if you could assist them in their acclimation to emotions. Is that something you'd be willing to take on? an android and one that I built and a what <sighs> you can tell there's this like look of like I don't like repeating myself android I you said that but that's uh, if you are looking to the definition of android I would recommend articulating your question clearer android is the type of individual that art is. The definition is a complex one, but they are made a synthetic life form. Though a life form nonetheless. Okay. Again, is this something you would like to take on, or would be willing to? In exchange, I can provide assistance or any other provisions that you might require. Are 
Are you asking me to teach him how to feel? Assist him on his journey. It's why I sent him to this school. What kind of journey are they on? There's another smile that crosses their face, which is not one that has... You've seen before. Of greatness. Take that back. Of perfection. <laughs> That's I hope. Perfection. The first didn't work out as well. What? There was a there's another one? Arc His name is Arc 2. I thought that was clear. think on it and no I'm I want around, to if you... excellent what would you like in exchange you seem to have a very small view of arc it's very shallow hmm. it, it sounds like that. you're it, it sounds like you're talking about him like he's a an android a tool, or a toy, or a book, or a spoon, or a bowl, or something like that. They're not. No. He is a being of his own, but I look forward to when he shows me that side of him. What if he doesn't want one. to? Why wouldn't he? Maybe he doesn't... You made him, but maybe he doesn't owe you anything. I appreciate your assistance. She kind of raises her voice over. Ark! Ark begins walking up. He doesn't seem particularly interested in continuing to engage. I'll turn directly towards Ark and say, Ark, what is an android? An android is a synthetic being created by someone else. Were you ever going to tell us you were an android? it was asked touche <laughs> <laughs> I did not attempt to hide it secrets There is yes. a tap, tap, tap of a cane or a staff that comes from the stage. 
Nice. So good. Own <laughs> <Found> master. <laughs> you turn as the crowd begins to quiet. And you see Teacher Ott on stage. Oh my god, Waffles, I love you so much. <laughs> it's happening! Everyone dies. Roll for initiative. Dragon's attack. Welcome, welcome everybody. Please take your seats. The ceremony is about to begin and I will ask the initiates to please come to the stage. And you see in the back row there is like, um, sort of like a, oh, just a row of like, uh, chairs, um, with some desks and craft materials. Um, it's it's interesting. You don't there's a, there's stuff on stage basically and places for y'all to go, which you'll see what it is when you get up there. Um, does everybody sort of file in and and go towards the stage? I would yeah. like to, as as we start to move that way, I would like to extend a hand towards Ark in front of this woman person. Ark will look back at this guy. Why do you look to me? Ensuring that I should go. They called for us. Yeah, he starts going. <laughs> and he'll 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 take Pals in. Yes. Great. Progress. Progress. Take like holding hands. It, he'll allow himself to be like pulled away, and then he'll like drop the hand. Semi-progress. <laughs> <laughs> the audience hears. Interesting. Um, okay, so y'all file. Sarah, you're out of focus. <laughs> you're so you're doing so well that the camera so the camera was like ah. camera was like, bro, this is just there too much Jean badass for me. I can't handle. <laughs> no, you were perfect. Oh, no. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, it's fine. Oh, no. you broke the cameras. Oh, oh you're telling no, me. Cool. 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 I'm the GM everyone. Now. Everyone wins. We win the game. We're on okay. the four. I need I need to show you how to have that happen. Mine doesn't change. I'm sorry. Mine doesn't change. That was okay. so fun. <laughs> We're at level 20 now. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, I said that when I was the GM, actually. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you were the GM chair. It counts. It's it's official. It's canon. That's it. That's it. The it's mass canon. ceremony is level 20. <laughs> so, by the way, this auditorium, I forgot to mention, uh, takes place in Tireless Hall, which is one of uh, the buildings that are known um Named after the for the Golden Snake, which is one of the warriors of Tembe. Um, it's usually the place where like rituals and ceremonies and such are whole are held. Um just some lore, because I forgot to say it. <laughs> you said tireless? Tireless. tireless. Yeah, like not tired, tireless. Oh. Um so the like I mentioned the teachers that are there. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. When everyone is gathered on the stage, we take a moment. Teacher Aunt says, as our initiates get settled, I would like to tell you a story. That story, Syrup needs to go get real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, oh God. We love story time with oh, teacher slash gym badass. Y'all, isn't is Sarah doing like wonderful? Like right? I said privately that this it's, is Sarah's best right. session, and I yeah. don't think that. Right. So yeah. if you think that, you should tweet at Revica underscore Scarab. No. Scarab? Yes. It's a Scarab. Scarab. Um, underscore Scarab. And then donate to our coffee. There you go. Donate to our coffee oh so that we can continue to do this show forever and ever and always. Amen. Oh, yeah. You're five. So. And with the sort of subtle punctuations of magic not in a not in a showcasey way not in a pizzazz way but in the gentle accents i want you to imagine the story that teacher art weaves in front of the auditorium to the quieting crowds as accentuated with magical emphasis in the time of regrowth after the skies turned dark a warrior turned from fighting to tend the land. The warrior took one of their spears and used it to dig holes in the earth, placing a plantain seed into each. With their other spear, the warrior carved a channel from a nearby river, allowing water to nourish the seeds. Long the warrior toiled until their field was complete. The warrior's name was Ibex. Ibex worked hard in the field, and when a season had passed, the field flourished with ripe plantains, each as gold as Ibex's mask. The warrior cut down each bunch with their twin spears and parceled them out for each village under their protection. When they completed the task, two plantains were left, and Ibex went to the gate in front of, the, of their field. I have food left over. If there are any bellies that need filling, come, and I shall divide what's left. Two creatures stepped forth. Great Hippo lumbered from the river, and Tiny Ant skittered from the forest. Kind Ibex, the rivers have been empty. I would ask for a plantain to survive. Hippo asked politely. Strong Ibex, little has been left on the ground for me to scavenge. It would be just of you to give me a plantain to survive and demanded confidently. Ibex thought long and hard. There were two creatures before them, and two plantains. There was only one fair solution. You may each have one, then. Go and be well. And Hippo returned to the river, cradling her single plantain in her large hands, while Ant returned to the forest, dragging his plantain behind him on a leaf with all his might. Ibex returned to the field once more. This time they placed rocks around the outside of the field to shore it up, and they worked manure and charcoal through the soil to enrich it. Another season passed and the harvest was more bountiful than before. There was more than enough food to go around for all the villages, and a dozen plantains were left over. Ibex returned to the gate and once more called out, I have food left over. If there are any bellies that need filling, come, and I shall divide what's left. As before, Hippo and Ant came forth, but this time Hippo was smaller, and Ant came not as one individual, but a swarm of eleven. Kind Ibex, I thank you for your generosity. 
Though my stomach growled through the last season, I feel I need only a single plantain as before. Strong Ibex, I have grown more numerous, as I now have 11 bellies. It would only be fair for me to receive 11 plantains. Ibex had a slight doubt, but they thought hard. There were 12 creatures before them, and 12 plantains. There was only one fair solution. Hippo, as there is one of you, you will have one plantain. Ant, as there are 11 of you, you will have 11. Go and be well. And Hippo returned to the river after thanking Ibex, swooning a bit from hunger as she carried her plantain, while Ant formed a line carrying each plantain back to the forest in a chain as drool dripped from his lips. Ibex returned to their field. Surely, they thought, if they could simply grow more, there would be enough to give everyone an equal share. Ibex toiled harder than ever than they ever had. They sang to the wind and they sculpted a sphere of light above the field to shine on days the sun could not. Teacher Ott does this, showing. Ibex toiled and toiled, and when the season had passed, their field shone gold as far as the eye could see. Ibex sighed in relief after they had passed out the harvest to their villages, as they saw the countless plantains remained. Surely this time it would be enough. They returned to the gate and called out, and they dismayed to see that Hippo came from the river no bigger than a dog. An ant came in a swarm of thousands, buzzing and biting with great hunger. Kind Ibex, I've grown leaner over these few seasons. I think a single plantain is all I might need. Strong Ibex, there are many thousands of me now, and my hunger is vast. As before, you should give me one plantain to Hippo. Oh, sorry, you should give one plantain to Hippo, and one for each of me. Ibex looked at Hippo with her grumbling stomach and Ant with his many mouths, thinking something must be amiss. They turned to their field for advice. What should I do? I have given all I can, and I've given it as fairly as I can. The field spoke to Ibex. Ibex, you've tended to me well, but in trying to be fair, you've given Hippo less than she needs, and Ant has grown entitled and ravenous. With each season, these differences have only become more pronounced. You must think not about what seems fair, but what actually is. Ibex thanked the field for its wisdom and returned to the gate. Hippo, I apologize. I've given you less than you need for many seasons now. Ant, for many seasons now, you have taken more than you need. Please allow Hippo to take what she requires of the harvest, and you're welcomed to the rest. Ant's greed turned to indignant rage. His gathered, he gathered himself into a column towering over Ibex, Hippo, and the field. If you will not give me what I need from your harvest, I shall eat you instead. He roared, but in that moment, Ibex showed why they were first and foremost a warrior. They struck at the river with their spears, carved a second channel in the earth that washed Ant away until he was a single insect once more. Ant scuttled back into the forest, and Ibex threw a plantain after him, allowing Hippo to take as much as she needed. In time, Hippo returned to her normal size and then lived healthily, starting a family of her own. Ibex kept an eye out for Ant, who continued to skitter around, seeking more than he needed, his numbers swelling from time to time. But above all else, Ibex remembered to consider not just what seemed fair, but what was.
I want to take a side moment to give a huge shout out because that story is Paizo's story, not mine. And I don't know if anybody has noticed, but Ibix, uh, in, in the story in this book, which is one of the later books here, um, is only referred to as they, them. And I think that meant a lot when I read it. And I really appreciated that. Yo. Me too. At the closing of the story, there is murmurs of appreciation and nods and claps, but polite and quiet. Teacher Out turns to you all. And in front of you, by the way, there is benches with all kinds of crafting material. Uh, there is... I've lost the where it says it, but there are beads and uh, feathers and paints and all forms of things. And in front of each... There's actually... The seats are all in the back and in front is one desk with these pieces. Teacher Out turns to you. Today you will make your first true mask. Each student's mask is an embodiment of their learning and a reminder of the idea that over time people gain other names and faces. Although a mask is worn over the face, it is a reflection of who a person is underneath, as well as a visualization of who the person hopes to become. The person beneath the mask has flaws, as all people do, but they also have hopes, dreams, and memories that define them. I'm laughing because I knew Ark would shake their head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't help it. Well, I mean, I guess like technically true since Ark's not a person. You know, flaws is all people do. Yeah. Let's let's unpack that at a later date. <laughs> Listen, you, you, you flawed once. <laughs> we shall work together to make your first true mask the expression of your spirit face within. What you do with this mask is up to you. Some wear it proudly and at every opportunity. A sign of who they have become with their souls writ plain on their face. Others choose to keep their masks secret and safe, cherished and shown only to those who trust most in life. Many find somewhere to fall in between. The ceremony itself will be conducted in several parts, kind of turns towards back towards the crowd. First, the initiates will come forward with their cohort and will begin with the teachers, the rituals necessary to mold and create one of these plain masks. The task is an artistic one. Of course, for painting a mask and adorning it with beads or feathers is an artistic task. But your hands will be guided by your spirit. Its final shape is what you will it to be. You will then hold your mask, meditating upon its meeting, as the rest of your cohort completes their masks your mask may change shape in your hands as you meditate. This is not unexpected, and it means your mask is attuning itself to you. 
Then at my signal, all in your cohort will don your masks as one. You see the urn there? It is a receptacle for your beads, if you wish. You need not wear them any longer, for when you don your mask, you cease to be an initiate and become an attendant of the Magambia. Essie, Jana, come forward with your cohort. Now, for our ease, I'm going to go through these. Somewhere, there they are. Um, briefly. We'll begin with Essie. And at the end of these, you all will go. So be ready. <laughs> oh. oh, I'm ready. We ready. I wish I was. I'm, I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not let's, ready at uh, all. Let's, let's just do it next time. No, don't. <laughs> no. I hate you so much. No. <laughs> it's, it's midnight. We could it's if y'all want. Um, I'm central like time. Midnight. It's 11. It's fine. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Whatever time I want to be. It's only 9 p.m. on the west coast. It's 2 o'clock. <laughs> I also want to give a shout out to the amazing Paizo community that uh, allowed most of this to be things that I pieced together. I didn't have to work 20 hours to put together. Uh, and it yes. was great. Um, Pies but, Paizo Reddit community is amazing. It really is. <laughs> it's been so hard not to look. <laughs> Essie steps forward. She raises her mask. Now I'm going to sort of, we're going to skip through the process of them crafting these and go for the, for the result anyways, before the, sure. before the meditation. Essie raises her mask. It's a noble cape buffalo. Incredibly intricate in its carving with grand multicolored horns and shocking in its realism. She says, this is my mask of a buffalo. It's to show, I don't remember what accent I had for her. Did she have a British accent? Let's go with it. Uh, I think Essie, so. Yeah. I think so. Essie was Hermione. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. 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 Um, it's to show my dedication to the city and the resilience to overcome any obstacle. Next is Miriama. She holds her mask, a black sable. If you're not familiar with sables, they look, they're one they're of the, the like ferret family. Like yeah, ferrets and minks, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. It's a cool Pokemon. Simplistic in its design, but with silver metal accents outlining the edges. She says, My mask is the humble sable. I appreciate their noble and curious nature. They speak to me. Next is Noxolo. Noxolo raises their mask. Anosoi with an intricately carved white beaked mask. For those that aren't familiar, because it's a Pathfinder 2e creature, think Plague Doctor, but bird. Uh, I love that. Sick. Etched with it. They're, um, they're considered um, psychopomps as well. Hmm. It is, they're, they're like, um, like reapers like for the dead. Oh! It is etched with gray crocodile pattern black feathers extrude in a crest to its side, leaving enough room for her, for their uh, variety of hairstyles that they like to experiment with. This mask 
is of a Nosoi. Though to many a messenger of death, it represents the freedom I found in this place. Next is Ignasi. He raises his mask. <laughs> Ignasi raises his mask, somewhat resembling a black fox, with asymmetrical black silk fur in fashionable patterns, covers half his head. It's only half mask. The eye holes magically enhance the blue in his eyes. Because he's got to stay handsome. My reasons are my own, he says simply. Though with a softness to his tone. Next is the coral. We're going to have words. Oh my god. <laughs> Next is Okoro. Okoro lifts his mask. A dire rhinoceros with several horns covered with charming colorful patterns. I want this mask to show my tenacity, to show I'm rough and tumble, but can also have a good time. Gla mm, whoa, words. Let me... I don't think, like, what word was I just trying to say? Strands what? of glowing dawn. Whew. So anyway, uh, <laughs> raises her mask. A colorful peacock spider. I can't say I have the most noble of reasons. They're my children's favorite. And nothing is more important in my life than them. You note, however, that it's masterfully carved to stay stable between her spider, hybrid, and human forms. I know I'm missing chat. I'm just going to keep ignoring it. <laughs> it's probably Please smart. Do. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> Although we do this every episode. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, don't look at anything. Abram's <laughs> mask is a blue colorization. It's patterned with wispy and flowing white patterning. The elongated snout and the set of four horns, two above the brow and two below the jawline, Indicate that this mask represents a cloud dragon. Mm -hmm. But at the edges of the mask, the blue transitions into a fiery red with plumes of feathers. He announces, my mask is foremost that of the cloud dragon. It symbolizes the pride of being an Mbeki, which you know is the tribe of dwarf that they come from. And my hopes to take flight. But it also has the feathers of a phoenix to represent the fires of passion that I bring to all that I do. Love this guy. I love him so much. Anchor Root. <laughs> Go on. Anchor Root's mask is in the shape of an avian head. It's pale, bone-like colorism, colorization, and has bone-related iconography. Anchor Root was seen attaching shorter, well-preserved bones that she brought in with her, with the help of the teachers. It doesn't cover her muzzle, but it fully covers her eyes. Anchor Root lifts her mask, but then looks to Habram. And Habram, stepping forward again, says, Anchor Root asked me to announce her mask. Her mask is that of a bird and represents her connection with her family. He then <clears throat> clears his throat and repeats the phrase in no. 
<gasps> oh! Oh! <laughs> nice. Chizire lifts his mask. It's plain wood with dull earth tones in the vague shape of a lion. The eyes are wide and vividly colored. He goes, My mask is a lion because it kind of looks like me. Jazeera's <laughs> parents look very annoyed. My dude. <laughs> however, however, observant individuals might realize that the placement of the eyes are actually decoys and the eye holes are hidden lower down to help him nap. <laughs> I love him so much. Jazeera. <laughs> <laughs> Arafay Troka. Yes. <laughs> Describe your masters that you craft. It's, yeah, so you say these kind of craft, like we don't carve them, they kind of craft themselves in their our hands through magic, correct? Is that how that went? You have crafting supplies. You have feathers and beads and, and paints. And as you work to craft them and make them, um, they form beyond just what you're doing okay. and they take shape okay so i guess anybody who is watching her make this there is struggle at first um originally what i was going to do and so we kind of went through a journey with arafe <laughs> is i was originally going to do like a plague doctor mask that was um a crane that had the eye markings of a kitsune mask that were blue with red beads associated with it. But Arafe is trying to do this and it's not quite coming together. And she realizes it's because she's trying to make a mask that represents the people around her instead of one for her. And she hears teacher Ott in her head go intent. And that's when she starts to form a different mask and the one that she ends up with is the head of a lioness that starts in the darkest of blacks and slowly fades into white as it comes to her hairline so it goes back down um, as it is going back the fading that happens is silvers and whites that begin as curling vines and <laughs> Uh, curling vines and she realizes that she has chosen this because I've chosen the lioness it is a guardian and that is where I will stand as a guardian amazing yep <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness I'm not good at these things alright I can help uh, yeah, if you think I'm missing anything, feel free to jump in and help. Uh, so Art begins crafting this very plain wooden mask in the shape of a, for lack of better words, human face. He, on the mouth, it goes from a frown, kind of flattens out, and then goes into a smile, cut down the middle. And then on the smile side, you have like this angry open eye. 
and on the frown side, you have this like closed, very content eye. We'll draw it later. I don't have it drawn right now. Uh, and then on the inside of the mask, that's like the outside facing. And then on the inside of the mask is just this color wheel of spectrum, basically, like yellow to just a full color wheel, a full the color wheel. Of the inside. Yeah, the whole mask. Uh, it's like this metallic glistening color wheel. And then overlaid like on top of it, just kind of like blocking it out is that seven prong star symbol that we've seen on his letter that he got sent blocking out like a lot of the colors ah uh, he doesn't really show anyone the inside of his mask but he says this is the mask I decided to make I was made in this form he, after all the conversations feels free to say it like out loud to everyone uh, he goes I was made in this form I but yet I will never be this form. So my mask is to show what I have to try to be for everyone else. Ah. Hideaki <laughs> in Kulta. Uh, he uh, walks up. And uh, kind of places this mask down. And the left hand side um, has uh, sh strands of beads, uh, three of them on the bottom, middle, and top left. Uh, beads of red, yellow, and green um, for his village. And then right above them, blue for Arctu's hair green for Tal's bands that he thought were tattoos and white for Arafay's clothing and hair. And then tied to, to that, there is a sort of a collection of streaks of paint all around of the same colors that seem to just kind of stretch all around the face. Um, and like on the far left side seem to sort of come together the right side is bare completely just straight wood um what's the general shape of it um it is long um the i forgot to mention the, the left side is a kitsune mask mm. um and there's a, a flash of blue light in his hand he looks out to the crowd and he says this is not my first mask and he changes shape. And he changes back. But this is for where I've come from and where I'm going. And the people that I'm going with. Into the future, whatever may come. But this is only half completed. Because I do not go on this journey alone. Manifest it alone. There's someone else needs to complete their portion as well. And Overnoza wraps around. And he says, kind of 
he doesn't, this isn't telepathically, he's just whispering. This is your tale too. You hear Obanez's voice for the first time since your conversations with your father. And in that moment, hearing his voice, you realize like how much it was missing from those conversations. Like a purposeful silence. You hear Obanez's voice in your head. I appreciate you and know that there's two sides to every story. And he breath weapons over the mask. Half of it. And while it will take its final form with sorry, sorry, uh, with (laughs) um when you all meditate with it, right now the color kind of comes. What uh, is it? Acid? I forget. Uh, yes. Okay. Um, though kind of like scarred and textured from that breath weapon, though controlled, not like everywhere, but it just, you know, goes over that side of the mask. It sort of blends in with um, your half of it that you've made and takes the the shape kind of that elongated snout to make it both match and not, but it very strikingly goes into the shape of uh, a dragon. Or at least half of it with his um, pointed, like, not horns, I forget what you call them, but like, you know, the side... uh, Like little tendrils and... Yeah, on one side that um, sort of matches only to like the shape of the snout, but then kind of changes shape outwards from there. Um, There's some oohs and ahs from the crowd. Uh, he looks out and sees if his parents are there. They are. And uh, there isn't like a, it's not so much a grin, but just sort of a, an air of satisfaction. My father's not the only one keeping involuntary secrets from me. Um, though you're not donning the mask yet. Don't forget your your yeah. <laughs> But it was so cool. But I want a persona. No, 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 no. Jesus Christ! Like I just you knew this was it's happening. Dripping no. acid. Right. Okay, no. So right on, uh, I'll yeah, as it as it as the mask wraps. That's what I'll say to Obernose. And you take it and step back. Taliatia of the Sojourning Song. So much like Arafe, Tal had nothing for a long time. It was just the plain blank slate mask. Um, as in this very pivotal moment, they uh, suddenly started questioning after especially after like you know kind of hearing maybe hearing people talk a little bit while everybody was creating their masks about like you know like oh I'm gonna make this because of this and all this sort of stuff um they had no idea they have no idea what they want to become 
Um, and that sits heavy uh, with them for for a, a while. Um, you do craft these with the help of teachers if you require it. Um, mm-hmm. So at that point, I think Teacher Ott would also say, these masks change with you. So they can represent one thing now and something else at another date. If you don't have the answers now, it's just part of the journey. They'll nod. And um, they... Uh, they really think hard about, like... There's a lot of thoughts that go through their head of, like their friends and their family and everything that's happened. Um, and like it's, it's, it's a lot of events, but again, they don't really feel like they know where they're going. They feel a little, a little lost, a little aimless. And I think like for a, for a brief second, they look at the mask and they see like, Again, multiple different things that it could be. Um, and they start taking um, bits and pieces of colored string um, and braiding them together. Um, and uh, eventually what they get is a um a slightly humanoid looking mask kind of like um uh one that just just goes like over the nose and comes down a little bit mm-hmm. but it has two other pieces it looks almost like there's three masks in one two of them kind of like trying to pull out of yeah of of this central one um and there are braided strings of metallic color that have been kind of uh lined the top and the bottom and it's a very dark colored mask with like uh, glitter starlight motifs almost on it. Um, and they present it. Are these shapes um, humanoid? Yeah, yeah. I think they're they're okay. they're not necessarily like they're not like you know humans, but they're they're mostly yeah. like you know neutral humanoid faces. When you go to step forward to present, when your name is called, you do hear the faint whoop in the back of the crowd of your yes. brother going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, they're, um, that, they're that graduation family. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 1,000%. No. Um, and um, they they present their mask and they say, I don't know yet where my journey is going to take me, but I know that it's okay to change. And so I want to try to remain as malleable as possible. And I'll step back. As you all step back, 
it is time to sit and meditate with these masks. As you do, I'm going to go in the same order. And I have a question for you each. In this moment where you are meditating with your masks, your masks take final form. They go beyond the paint and crafts of the available components and become something more and beyond. They started to, but this is really them taking their final shape. Um, Arafay. As you meditate, you think back to your journey since the first time you stepped foot in the Magambia. Two things come to mind. As rather two, you think of so many and the two that come forward to you amongst everything else as you stare at the mask that you've made. You think about Yafira. You think about the impact this shadow has had. The answers they can hold, may hold. The progress that you have made with this shadow since your arrival leaps and bounds from where you started, but also defining and empowering and helpful. They're there with you. Always. They're your shadow. And that has helped you in your time here. You think of going into the city with Teacher Up and the important lesson that he taught you when you were crafting your spell. How there was impact with intent and the thought of others versus the thought of yourself. And how that has crafted your journey this far. And how that has changed since you've been in the Bagambia. And so I ask you. Between those two. Which do you choose. To come to the forefront. In this moment. Oh well that's hard. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> be ready y'all. Decisions are going to oh. have to be made. <laughs> uh oh. Let's do it. Uh oh. <laughs> So I think for her, the thought of intent came during the mask portion. Mm -hmm. And she sees that and she kind of thinks about Hideaki saying, you know, where I've been, but where am I going? When during his kind of talk. And so, <laughs> and so she's going to kind of keep the odd thing in the back of her mind but the one that will stick in her forefront is this the pull of Yafira 
and that connection and what that is going to lead to. And there is something in her who th that thinks that is my way forward. Hideaki. Wait, there's no answer for uh, this. What? <laughs> you'll get this. Don't worry. <laughs> Jeez, love that. Um, our, wait, where did I go next? Was it Ark or was it Hideaki? Was it Hideaki. I think it was, I think, I, I think it was Ark. Yeah. I think it was me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was Ark. Ark. You sit and meditate on these masks. The mask. Don't know why I said that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I meditate on everybody's masks. Yes, all of them. Um, <laughs> Everything all at once. And you think of what has defined your experience here at the school thus far. You think of the concept of failing. The studies and the pass-fail mentality, the the failure. Whether it's intent intended or not, that just there's been a lot of time that you've thought of failure. About what is or isn't acceptable. what you need to do, what's the right thing to do. And how that's been challenged in your time here. And how many people have differing opinions. Not that that makes sense, because there's, this is right. This is how you win. This is how you succeed. You also think about this concept of trust that has been difficult to grasp and that you keep going back to the fact that you though you don't understand it trusted your cohort when you stood in the centipedes and made an attack that you knew had a high likelihood, percentile chance to take you down and you did it anyways. Was that you being suboptimal? Why did you do that? It doesn't make sense. But is that trust? Which do you choose? What am I choosing from? Trust and failure? Specifically, because I, I missed this, with failure, you think back to one specific instance, which is the biggest experience of failure you've had at school. Tal's death. Hmm. And resurrection. And the dichotomy of failing at the ritual, then succeeding and bringing someone back to life that you've slowly gotten closer to. So I will say choose between what you think of more in this meditation. Tal's death and resurrection and your experiences in the school. 
or falling in combat and trusting your allies. Hmm. Can I say both? No. <laughs> hmm. I think, and this is going to shape like part of the mask. Definitely, maybe. Definitely, Definitely maybe. maybe. Can I say that it does if I have an idea? Sure. Okay. I think he focuses on the the failure, Tal's death and the resurrection. Okay. Do you want to describe how it changes your mask? Yeah. Uh, so the front of his mask actually during the meditation begins to change into this reflective surface. Uh, and it kind of it kind of mimics the you only see what you want to see in me thought. Mm, uh, because people will just see themselves on their ma in his mask. But uh, on top of that, as he's like looking through this failure and like meditating on this failure, there becomes like a, a from top left to bottom right like crack down it in the reflective service. <gasps> okay, sorry. Just freaking out here. Um, great. Listen, this is what I'm happens when you put scream. so many GEMs in a game. And this essay. I'll, I want you all to know also, this is entirely ad-lib. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I was ready for that. This is amazing. Amazing. Um, I think the most beautiful choices come from that. So I think that was beautiful. And you're yeah, awesome. It's pure. Hideaki. Let's go. You think to the moments that were influential in your experience at the Magambia thus far on your journey and your growth. And you think of two pieces. You think about point in time where you have stood out from the rest. You have become a leader here in the schooling and teaching others in helping and guiding and making a difference. You've seen very distinctly how Arafe has grown in confidence from your conversations. You've seen the impact you've had on some of the individuals that struggle in class with their magic. And you think on how you've changed in that regard. And you also think about how in a moment of Tal's, after Tal's death and resurrection, you made it about yourself. And though that may have come differently and processed differently after the conversation with Tal in the picnic, you recall the impact that that first conversation had on you. That that realization that are you self-centered? 
And is this expectation different? And you think to just that conversation, how you were caught off guard. So you choose now between that moment of reflection and self-centeredness or the leadership that you have developed in your time here and your strength. I think before the picnic, he would have chose that conversation. But now that though he doesn't blame them for the decision that they made. That conversation is riddled with deceit is too harsh a word, but complexity. Com no, it's oh, well, sure. It was complex, but that's not what he's thinking about in regards to that. It wasn't coming from a place of truth when it comes down to all of it. So this is actually a very easy decision for him. He chooses the leadership. leadership. Perfect. Valiathia, you have some meditation to do. Kyle's been doing a lot of thinking lately. <laughs> hmm. You think about as my hair flips okay uh <laughs> you think about your death that monumental shift in everything for you and it's ripples of impact talk about defining experiences that one sticks out and then you also think to a conversation that you had with Ark and how just moments ago it was re brought into like sharp clarity where Ark says that you're not friends and how that took you back because it was one of the first times where you didn't immediately connect with someone but it challenged your own thoughts in a way that sets you forward in a direction of understanding and growing as a person and experiences that you didn't have at the circus. And so you have to choose between your death and that experience. Wait, this is live. 
<laughs> yes, Robo. Um, we love you very much. <laughs> um, I think had it not been for all the conversations that had happened in this episode slash the last week or so, um, there would have been a different choice. Isn't that wild, y'all? Isn't that <laughs> wild? Um, because uh, while it was a, an incredibly poignant moment, Tal's death does not linger in her mind. What does is reinforced by uh, the inferred dismissal, almost, the inferred apathy of person that Iska gave to someone that Tal is growing closer to. And realizing that Ark and everyone else mean a lot more than they've given credit for. Um, and so they, they, they're really thinking about the conversation and how that that one conversation changed them immensely. That's so why you choose that. Okay. As you attune to these masks in your moments of meditation, Hulu Ott steps forward and says it is time to don your masks and become attendants of the Macampia. And with a flourish, you go to don your masks that have finalized in shape to be what you imagined. Um, because it's fun and I want you, I know I would, I would need to know what my choice made here. We're going to do two things in quick succession. Okay. I thought you were going to cliffhanger us on that. I was going to be like, you. <laughs> and I, been, I, I, I was about to I was going to, but that's hard. <laughs> no, um, I was going to riot. I will fly to North Carolina. Right now. Literally right now. <laughs> Hurry, cliffhanger. Here. No, 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 yeah, no. Quick. Um, I don't know about the threat. <laughs> Arafe, you have chosen Shadow. And as new attuned masks, these masks have become relics. What is a relic in Pathfinder 2E? It is a gift. It is an extraordinary magic item 
that grows in power alongside you. Now, for Shadow, you have one final decision to make, only because I was curious and I couldn't decide for you. How do you view Yafira at this current moment? Is it... Is this shadow a comfort? Is it something that has grown useful to you? I mean, or if you're talking... Some... Oh, Sorry, no, there's three. <laughs> nope, there you go. <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to phrase this one. So, okay, so no, there's fair. comforting and enveloping uh, is one. Like a, 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 a safety. A safety. A usefulness. A, a, a... I want to say a tool. I want to say like, it's like a... It's, it's more of a tool, not... So, I mean, it's a person, but more of a... You are useful to me as you give me something. Yeah, is it, do you look at her as, as in this current moment as something that can give you answers, that can give you direction? Or as someone that can give you assistance? So there's assistance, there is usefulness, and there is comfort. In all honesty, at this point, Arafay's kind of forgotten that they've been giving her information. Um, not because it's not useful, just more of it has become what feels like more of a symbiotic relationship between the two. Um, so I think it would definitely err more on the side of comfort and companionship. Okay. Okay. You gain your mask, your relic gains, and I'll send these all to you. The minor gift of obscure. Your shadow will absorb light and wrap around you, hiding you in darkness. As long as you are in dim light or area of shadows, you can attempt a stealth to hide. And even if you aren't concealed, even if you are hiding behind something, you can, mechanics-wise, basically, but you can hide in shadows, basically. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yes. <laughs> I really like that. <laughs> um, Ark. Yeah. Your relic gains. Oh, you have, rather you have chosen mind, and you gain the minor gift of recalculate. It's a reaction, and as a reaction is triggered when you fail an attack roll. Your analysis of angles, probabilities, and myriad of other factors flow from your relic into your mind. And after you miss an attack, preparing you for the next one, you gain a plus one circumstance bonus to your next attack roll against the target you missed, as long as it's made before the beginning of your next turn. Nice. Hideaki. Yo. You have chosen dragon. 
you! <laughs> you gain a minor gift where once per day for two actions you, Hideaki have a breath weapon. I knew you were going to say that. I'm dying. No, I cannot believe this. Oh, oh my god. Of the same type as Overnoza. Oh my god. Yes. Talk about dragon. act together. You are a dragon. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> Mind you, I forgot oh. that's what I gave you when I had Overnoza breath weapon, but that's actually perfect. Uh, <laughs> Let's go! Oh, you can't hi. write this shit, people. <laughs> Let's go. Hi, hi, hello, hi. Hello. You've chosen mind. How interesting! That, that aren't <laughs> However, <laughs> you get a different minor gift. Your minor gift is called. Repository of Knowledge. Your relic becomes imbued with psychic impressions of ages past. So when you have this relic, you are now trained in three additional lore skills. However, not of your choice. I'm going to tell you what lore skills. Tell me what I know. <laughs> Suddenly, as you don your mask, as you are attuned to it, and it's on your person, you learn a flood. Or just, it's, it's not like it's all coming to your mind, but you just feel this, you know, this periphery knowledge. You gain android lore. Fucking what? <laughs> you gain... Shadow plane lore. No. No. You don't. And you gain astral plane lore. Fucking Stop. Holy shit. Fucking shit. Holy oh my shit. god. <laughs> all right. All right. All and right. As all right. you all don your masks, this faint noise that no one really paid any attention to suddenly heightens <laughs> as the auditorium walls explode inwards I with the weight of several giant beetles scrambling over right one another and a time. flood of right bugs follow time. them a clicking chittering writhing mass that flows into the auditorium and throws the crowd and your families into chaos I hate this! <laughs> Which is where we will pick up next time. We yeah. knew it! We it's fucking, knew it. fucking celebrations! <laughs> <laughs>